I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. It's that time of the week again. The Rugby League rant, fifth and last. Put on your headgear, chuck in your mouth guard and get ready for an hour of nothing but NRL talk. And welcome back to another episode of the fifth and last NRL podcast. And we kick off with some news, and there is plenty of it this week. Kicking off with something that only happened moments ago Mike Cooper, for those of you who don't know him, 24 year old English front row, joins the Exodus from the Super League, signing with the Dragons for the next two years. Uh, they're very excited to get him over here. He's a very big man, great potential. So. Looking forward to seeing what he has to offer. On a sadder note, we move on to Alex Elisala, uh, hooker for the under-20s for the last couple of years, 69 games for the NYC, represented Samoa the other week, uh, first rep game, very close to an NRL debut, has sadly passed away. So thoughts and prayers and our condolences go to his family, uh, young Alex Elisala there. Uh, moving on to the three players from Manly and Richard Fayoso, who has been found guilty on both charges. He's going to face eight weeks. Brett Stewart pleaded guilty, got off and with a good record, and Steve Matai misses one game for his head contact. Uh, Hock and Mossop, as we spoke about last week, Gareth Hock and Lee Mossop, two other pommies, have both been confirmed now with Parramatta, and supposedly it's a very hefty transfer fee, up to a million dollars to get both those blokes over here. Uh, Simon Mannering, Manu Vatavai will return this week for the Warriors, much needed, as will Marika Corabetti for a depleted Tigers side with Jacob Miller and the halves. Uh, we've also got debuts this week. Plenty of them happening. Mark Ioni, who's going to debut for the Titans in the front row. He's a former under-20s player for the New Zealand Warriors and also spent some time at Canberra. He's back, and Parramatta have wielded the axe. We see Ben Smith and Ben Roberts both drop down to reserve grade. AP Pifarengi, a former under-20s player for the Newcastle Knights, will be starting in the centres. Kate Kaiser Pritchard, the younger brother of Frank Pritchard, who's been playing hooker in the under-20s, will be off the bench as the backup hooker. And big prop Penny Terrapo will be playing off the bench, helping out the forwards. So along with these debuts, we also see returns. And the biggest one is the man himself, mighty Mike Tyson, James Graham. The biter is back at a much-needed time for the Bulldogs, and they've got a depleted Tiger side. So... Hopefully building up, and also Sam Cassiano, a big maybe, not a guarantee, but he may be back this week. So I'm very, very sure that they'd be happy to have him back on board. And moving on from that, obviously, Yarrow Yowie, for anyone who didn't know, made his comeback after 13 months out after that horrific ankle and leg break. Uh, he played some Queensland Cup over the weekend, had a bit of a limp and come off for a bit, but got back on the field. And uh, from everybody, I'm pretty sure they send their best wishes, and hopefully he's back very soon. Uh, we're hearing he's lost a bit of pace, and that's obviously to be expected. And if he's not going to end up being a winger long term, I'm, I'm very hopeful that uh, with a player of his skill set and his aggressiveness, that he may end up maybe playing somewhere else, such as the back row or in the centres if he does 
get a bit more speed back. But uh, on to a more serious issue. Obviously, we're all sick and tired of this Insada investigation. The bombshell that was dropped, uh, supposed to be the darkest day in Australian sports, and we have got absolutely nothing out of it since. No one's been proven guilty. All we've heard is rumour and innuendo. And we found out this week with these interviews beginning that uh, Asada is obviously asking for a lot of information that the players are not willing to give. And uh, Wade Graham was the first one up with the representative uh, legally for the Sharks. And they weren't willing to give so much any information realistically what Asada were after. So Asada has pulled the pin uh, very, very angrily and abruptly. And Paul Gallon's obviously come out today and say they're bullies. Uh, They've got no rules and they're, they're a law unto themselves. And everyone's just sick and tired of it. So... I don't know about everyone else, but for me, I'm of the exact same opinion. Asada, come up with something or just piss off, because seriously, you've been hanging around, you've got a cloud over the Sharks, you've got a cloud over the game. Until you've got some evidence, just stay out way, keep your noses out of it. Uh, Robert Louie, a tweet on his account saying, don't take the two, I need 13 plus. A betting probe was put in and obviously denied. He said it was his cousin who put the tweet up. The Cowboys reacted very hastily in deleting the account and reckon they've spoke to Robert and his cousin. I'm uh, starting to feel that there's just nothing but trouble that follows Robert Louis. so hopefully this is the end of that. Uh, some injury news from this week. Blake Austin's obviously going to be out for six weeks from the Penrith Panthers, as well as Chris Lawrence and Blake Ashford, who are both out for six weeks for the West Tigers, and Tim Molson, season-ending ACL injury. Massive for them. They've got no halves. Miller's back this week, so hopefully that works out for them. But uh, very injury depleted. No Benji, no Lottie. Plenty of players missing. So the Tigers really, really need to get somebody back and start getting a bit of roll. And I think they're going to keep continuing their slide. And the final bit of news, Steve Price re-signs for an extra year with an option for the Dragons. So let's see how that one works out. But for now, let's jump into the Fast Five. Welcome to the podcast. Jumping into the Fast Five for this week, starting off with a highlight. I think this would have been most people's highlight of the round, and for me it was the Rabbits versus Manly game. Yeah, mine as well. What a cracker. Very, very physical game, that one. Low light for me, uh, not really a negative thing, but the the Tigers game, just seeing how many injuries they had, you don't want to see any team go through that. No, well, it could have been a few low lights. Um, obviously the Eels' performance last night, that was pretty ordinary. Um, and also, I thought the uh, the Titans' performance on Sunday was fairly ordinary as well. So, uh, a lot of teams starting get in, to get injuries, and, and with that comes a, a slip in performance. So, um, hopefully, those sides can get fitter sooner rather than later. Uh, my player of the round went to Matt Moylan, but I also want to give a special mention to Luke Walsh, who probably had his best game of the season. But, yeah, uh, I was going to mention Luke Walsh, but mine was uh, Greg Inglis. I thought he really controlled that game on Friday night. Um, had some really nice touches, scored an unbelievable try. So uh, he gets an odd for me this week. And uh, dance for me, pretty straightforward. Richie Fayoso, mate, you need to clean your act up. He's already been suspended once this year, and it's been confirmed today that after both his charges, he will be out for eight weeks. Yeah, my uh, my dunce was Conrad Hurrell. He was uh, awful on um, Thursday night in the Anzac match. And also Steve Michaels. I don't think he caught a ball all day on the Gold Coast on Sunday. Yeah, well, Conrad Harrell certainly gave Melbourne plenty of ball, but uh, jumping on to our question of the week, and last week's question was, after watching New South Wales players in the Test match, City Country, and taking into account those who were unavailable, can the Blues finally end Queensland's reign on State of Origin? In that one, we had 50 people say yes, that the reign can be ended, and 27 saying no. So it's good to see that the votes are getting up on that. 
make sure every week to get in on board, give us your opinions and uh, let us know what you're thinking. But for this week, the question will be, the Storm are the only undefeated team left in the competition. Will they be 11 from 11 come the origin slash buy round in round 12 or will they lose a game? So obviously your options there, five of them, there's going to be no and then there's going to be yes for the four teams who they're going to be playing. So if you think the Raiders are going to beat them, the Panthers, the Roosters or Manly, uh, for me, in my mind, I'm going to say they will lose a game, but I think they'll win their next two against the Raiders and the Panthers. I think that the Roosters are most likely the team to beat them before the origin period. Uh, I think they're ready for a loss, the Storm. I don't know who will beat them. Raiders are a bogey team. Um, I think Penrith, if they play the right way or play similar to what they did last night, they can win. And obviously the Roosters and Manly are probably the other two form teams in the competition. So I don't think they'll they'll go through undefeated until that period in time. Neither do I, but in my mind, I'm hoping for nine in a row before those two tough games. But we'll wait and see. Make sure you get on this week, get your votes in on that one and uh, discuss it. Get your opinions on there. Plenty of comments just like last week. It's always good to have a bit of banner back and forth with everyone. So... That wraps up the Fast Five for this week. We'll jump into the reviews of the games from the weekend just gone. Having trouble keeping track of all the play movements and signings in the NRL? Want to know who your team has re-signed, who they gained and who they've lost for the next season? Well, check out www.zerotackle.com for all the latest news and rumours on the NRL. Zerotackle.com All right, the reviews of the Round 7 fixtures obviously kicked off with an absolutely magnificent Thursday Anzac Day, and uh, we were lucky enough to go see one of those games down in Melbourne. But first up, the Roosters and the Dragons, a 34-10 to 10 drubbing. The Roosters just uh, continue to impress, and who would have thought they would have made this much progress in six weeks? Yeah, they've come a long way, that's for sure. They've um, cleaned up their discipline, they're holding onto the ball, and with the weapons they've got on offence, obviously that uh, if you manage to hold the ball, obviously that's going to transfer to points, and that's what's happening at the moment. So um, I'm really keen to, to see them play... Uh, you know, Manly or, or the Storm um, or even South again. I know we saw that game round one, but um, it's time for me to, to see them play one of those sides and, and let's really see how far they have come. Yeah, well, just some key stats in that one. Obviously, line breaks, 5-1, to one, offloads 16-10. to 10. They made 1,400 metres compared to 1,000. And uh, other little things, it was mostly even, but the Roosters were just clinical when their chances came. I think Michael Jennings is starting to justify that pay packet. Jared Rhea Hargrave's absolutely outstanding. I think uh, him and Aaron Wood's probably the best two props in the competition so far this year. Sonny Bill, what, what can you say about quality over quantity? The, the bloke, every time he touches the ball, something just happens. And the halves really sticking solid. And, I, you know, I'm not the biggest fan of Mitchell Pearce, but I think that was close to his best game for the year as well. Yeah, he's playing well. I think that game almost solidifies um, Pearce and Maloney. Mm. as the halves for New South Wales because I think uh, Todd Carney's performance on Sunday we're going to get to that a little bit later but um, for me I, I know a lot of I've heard a lot of people rapping Todd Carney after the weekend's game I thought he was awful uh, so yeah I, I think Pearce and Maloney will be the halves for New South Wales after that yeah we're looking at the Dragons uh, for me probably the biggest disappointment all round in, in a fixture such as the Anzac Clash is in the forwards and I know that the, the Roosters have obviously got a loaded pack on the field Moa and Waria do a great job Sonny Bill and Orbison, great edge players, and then they roll on Guerra, Kennedy, Luke O'Donnell. So that, they don't really lose anything. But Matt Pryor was probably the only one, uh, you know, that really come off the bench and made an impact, which is one thing I said to you at the start there. I think now in the NRL you can't have a weak bench. Yeah. There are other three players in uh, DeBellin and, and the others on the bench. Matthews and Harrison really didn't contribute. 
Uh, Dan Hunt, I thought he had a really good go, but once again, you know, when, when, a, when a forward pack like the Roosters is all going as a group and they're hunting teams down, which they have been all this year, and then you've got him and Merrin kind of chipping away with Merrin, the only impact player, they're always going to struggle. Yeah, well, Merrin was the one that I was watching and he impressed me again, so mm. has to be he origin. has to be in the origin side. It's, uh, you, you look at Maloney as well. Maloney in particular, there was a moment there where he went in and out and he got Frizzell and Fiend and just opened them up. Uh, I, I just couldn't believe it. I thought he was absolutely outstanding again. And the, the points he's racking up, how, ma- how easy he makes the game look at the moment. I, I think the Roosters may have been a little bit worried. I, I'm not saying that that was a big thing last year, that they had a bit of a slow year at the Warriors. But I think you might think, you know, it's been a year, it's a long time. Will he come over here with uh, the kind of form that saw the Warriors play in the grand final? But he's delivered in spades. Mm, he has. Uh, he the other thing for the origin push for, for Maloney is his goal kicking. Like you said, he's racking up plenty of points, scoring tries, kicking goals. So um, he's got to be the man for me. Yeah, Boyd Cordner, man of the match, absolutely outstanding performance. Really did show uh, that kind of spirit like our Anzacs did. And just two other things that a lot of people underestimate if you're not really a footy watcher is the contribution now from your wingers. And I thought Sheck and Tupo are, are very vital. They're starting their sets off and they go forward. Well, Tupo's really improved the last couple of weeks. So Sheck was one that... I was watching heading into the season, but um, Tupo, I thought he was fairly ordinary towards the back end of last year, but he's, he's really kicked on under Robinson. No, I think we both agree. There's not really a bad player for the Roosters on the weekend. Classy performance, tore the Dragons apart. Uh, Dragons off the back of three. They've, they've been good, but back to reality, and they've got to bounce back this weekend at home against Manly. Yeah. And uh, obviously the Roosters probably rubbing their hands together. they got a home game against the Panthers, who are coming off a good game, but I'm pretty sure they'll like their chances against well, this the Panthers. That's one of the games that the Roosters slip up on. So mm. they need to, you know, they, they don't seem to struggle to get up for the big games, but, um, you know, these, these games, I mean, the last one they had was in Canberra and they got knocked off. So um, for the Roosters, it's one week at a time. Yeah, we'll wait and see what happens to those two fixtures. But the other Anzac clash, obviously one we went to, uh, absolutely outstanding for me, being a Melbourne supporter to finally get down to Amy Park. But, the Storm got home 28-18 to 18 in what was a plenty fiery clash and probably a bit surprised with the way the two teams played. Melbourne tried to shift a lot on the Warriors, who were playing fairly compressed, and they made 15 errors, which I'm sure Craig Bellamy, the star of this year, would not be happy with the completion rate, but class just prevailed again. They they always seem to find a way to win. It's just absolutely ridiculous. Well, I know you were pin, uh, panicking sitting there, but I was. it was never in doubt in my mind that Melbourne would win eventually. Um, the straw that broke the camel's back for me was when the Warriors had the storm on the rack with about 15 to go and they took the two mm. to go ahead or to push the lead out to six, I think it was. Like, ridiculous. Melbourne go down the other end the next set. Um, Will Chambers runs the length and scores and suddenly the you know, the whole momentum of the game changed and, and Melbourne just ended up, well, they ended up kicking away, winning by 10 in the end. But um, as you said, Warriors play compress. Melbourne looked to move the ball. Um it sort of threw Melbourne off a little bit, but I think Melbourne are changing their attack a little, um, so they're, they're not as predictable. Obviously, last year, teams would have studied them over the off-season, so Bellamy's tinkering with their attack, but uh, they, they had plenty of chances to score. They bombed probably three or four tries in the first half, um, and you know, back into that game, they, they finally clicked, but uh, I thought the Warriors probably did well to even compete with Melbourne. Mm, well, I was going to say, pretty similar to what you had there, there was 10 all at half-time, but I think we both picked out three tries apiece that they bombed, in particular uh, Mahe Fanua, who had an absolute shocker for Melbourne, and Conrad Hurrell, who had an absolute Barry Crocker 
and for the Warriors, it was like they were trying to compete to see who could make the, the, the most mistakes or the most errors. Well, if, yeah, if Melbourne would have lost this game, Mahi would have been my dunce of the week. Mm. Um, he was awful. But no forward over 100 metres for the Warriors. I thought that's uh, you know a pretty key statistic. Yep. They really did slow Melbourne down, which is what the Tigers did the other week, but they didn't make the inroads when they well, had the ball. Maybe they should lay off a hungry jacks. Mm. That might help. Yeah, well, Simon Mannering was obviously well missed, and I thought one that probably isn't well noted when he was at Melbourne, but should be, is Dane Nielsen. His edge of defence really would have helped out to, uh, in that game against uh, Will Chambers, who obviously yeah. did himself plenty of uh, good times running away for two good tries. Uh, I thought Sean Johnson, though, he had a pretty good game. He had two try assists and scored one of his own. I thought that was probably his best game of the year. Yeah, well, he was the only warrior not at... Uh not at Hungry Jacks on the the day after when we were at the airport when all the Warriors boys were chowing down on some uh, Hungry Jacks. He was the only one not there, so maybe that's um, you know a message that the Warriors players could take. Mm. And one other, it's uh, really annoyed me today to look that Lamarpe and Gani Lamarpe has been dropped to the bench. He was the only bloke with 100 metres, 130 at that. Uh, four tackle busts, absolutely outstanding again. He didn't make as many errors as the other Muppets on the edge. Oh, mate, he doesn't. Just... He hasn't made barely any errors since he's been in. But I don't understand how you justify reshuffling that back line to get rid of Lamarpe. He's been the most consistent one. So well, I think a lot of people are still trying to work out things that Matty Elliott's done from years and years ago, not just this weekend or next weekend mm. or this season. So Well, very sorry to Jerome Ropardi, but he shouldn't be playing first grade anymore. He, uh, got well, he's sh- passed it. He's had too many operations. Yeah, well, I'm not, not saying he wasn't good in his day, but he got shown up by Will Chambers. He's a gear or two very slow for the NRL, and Lamarpe's a boom centre on the rise. So mm. I don't see how you figure that one out. But... Uh, you know, like you said before, Melbourne obviously adjusting their attack. You're seeing the errors because of that. But probably the biggest thing I like is Tohu Harris coming in, taking that lock spot. Kevin Proctor's come straight back in and fit in. Bromwich, and then you've just got those three players. Like any any time something looks in doubt, they seem to conjure something up. And even on the back of Cronk having a pretty ordinary game the other night, not a, not a great night with a boot in particular. Cameron Smith controlled the tempo up and down, and Billy Slater was outstanding. Yeah. No, Melbourne too good. Uh, Ryan Hoffman ended up getting the man of the match in that. Uh, much like the City game, battled hardened. Melbourne moves 7-7. Seven and seven. Uh, This week, they have to move on to play the Raiders at home. They are a bogey side, so we'll have to wait and see what happens there. The Raiders obviously missing a few key players, and the New Zealand Warriors go home to play the Titans, who have a few injuries. And What do you, what do you reckon for those two? Do you reckon... Well, the Warriors have to win. If the Warriors can't beat the Titans at home with the roster the Titans have got at the moment, they, they might as well write their season off. Mm. Um, as I said earlier, the, the Storm Raiders game—that's a bogey game. Um, Ra- Raiders aren't playing bad footy. Uh, I thought they played well in patches against the Cowboys. We're going to move on to that game next, but um, you know, we'll see what happens. But uh, I expect Melbourne to win if they play it at hundred percent and, and they're fit and ready to go. They should beat the Raiders. Mm. Well, the Friday night game, the lone game, and probably the best game of the year so far. The South Sydney Rabbitohs went to Brookvale and got the victory twenty to twelve, and many people said they couldn't and. Uh, this is another one of those games, much like the Melbourne game, where you know they only just fell short. That let me know that Souths are going to be there at the end of the year. Oh, definitely, definitely. They were they were great. They were the only tip I got wrong this week, and I was filthy because Friday night I found myself scratching around to um, find some money in one of my betting accounts to get some money on Souths one to twelve, and uh, they they just weathered a lot of possession from Manly, a lot of sets on um, on their own line defending Manly. I mean, they, they went within a couple of passes or mm. a couple of times of one pass uh, away from scoring. Um, but you've got to credit the South's defence. That's, that's been the change in the attitude, and that's the difference between them being an also-ran like they were previously. 
to um, you know the Michael Maguire era, and that is defence. Well, um, this is this is what lets you know they're starting to move into that Melbourne type category when you can cop a lot of adversity in a game and still come out with a win. At Brookie as well. Yeah, like well, it. at Brookvale, they had less metres. The offloads were 15 to 5 against them. The line breaks were 7 to 3 against them. Yeah. They got absolutely bombarded on that right-hand side, but much like they did to Melbourne a couple of weeks ago, they won all the statistics, but class prevails. And, uh, you know, they, they stuck together. They're starting to show that they've got some heart. Uh, John Sutton, I don't know what is going on from, you know, the, all that potential for years and years and years and last year playing well with Reynolds, but this year, you know, taking control, scoring a try like he did, and he's had a couple of men of the match awards, but uh, yeah, well, just... Some of the clubs could take solace out of that because a lot of clubs punt young halves too early. Mm-hmm. They don't give them the, you know, the time they need to develop. John Sutton, he's probably taken more time than what everyone expected for him to develop, but, you know, the proof's in the pudding now, and the Rabbitohs are re- reaping the rewards. Well, I think he had more on his side, though, the fact he's not just a half. The bloke's built like a back row and a 13, so I think yeah, but that, the reason he's lasted so long is because he's yeah. been a bit more versatile, but well, I agree with you. Him. I, yeah, they I know, but I agree easily. with you. He's a little more versatile, so he's got a little more uh, you know, staying power than a lot of other halves would get. He was probably get, lucky he was playing with an ordinary roster back mm-hmm. in, you know, four, five, six years ago. But uh, three suspensions to come in this game. Richard Fayer, so as we said before, two bad spear tackles. I'll yeah, ask you well, the question everyone else said. Should he have been sent off? Well, probably not based on the, the tackles, but I, I just don't understand. And, and Sam Burgess made the comment in the game, during the game to one of the referees, where's their advantage? And this was a, d- a debate from the same player that I had with the Ashley Harrison shoulder charge to the head um, where Fayoso knocked him out if he if Inglis is stretched it off then yeah he probably is sent um, mm. but it was a repeat offence you know it happened twice I you know Daniel Anderson said he's going to have a look at it this week in terms of repeat offences and, and the sin bin why do we have the sin bin it never gets used um I, I'm a fan of bringing it back to five. Yeah, well, you, speak, you go on report, you go for five in the bin. We spoke right. to that with MG, and I think we all agree that that's probably a yeah. good idea. It doesn't right. disadvantage as long as a ten, but Fayoso has taken the early guilty plea, so he's going to be missing eight weeks. Yeah, and you could see on... The one thing I'll give Richie Fayoso, you could see after both tackles, he, he knew he'd done wrong. Mm. Um, but I still yeah. don't accept these excuses where everyone goes, oh, but Greg Inglis is very awkward to tackle. You're playing a game of rugby yeah. league. If, you, well, if, the, if putting someone one, on their head is the only way you can finish a tackle. The other one is, oh, Greg Inglis, is, he, he contributes to it because he's trying to find the ground. Well, hello, that's the everyone game's all about, find the finding the ground, finding your front. So to the people that are making that argument, wake up. That's mm. rugby league now. It's the, the difference between winning and losing is not getting caught up in the wrestling and the rucks and um, all that sort of stuff. And the focus is to find your ground. Mm. So... Of course he's trying to find his ground. Well, Brett Stewart's elbow, uh, he's taken the guilty plea. Yeah. He's got off. A lot of people are fighting about that, but I'm glad that Everingham didn't do what most people do and take, took a dive. He stood up. You could see him think about showed, it. He thought about it, but he yeah. didn't do it, and that's better than yeah. all these other people that lay down. Everyone's arguing. He's got a clean record, so no surprises there. And you know what? I, I reckon Matt has been really good this year. I know everyone hates him, shoulders, neck. I know he's got plenty of issues, but for me, playing a game of rugby league, you hit the ball and your arm slips up, I'd... Only reason he gets a week is because of a bad record. I reckon that's a crock of shit. He shouldn't have got a week for that. Yeah, well, but don't have a bad record and you don't get a week. So, yeah, I know, but you still um, can't just whip a man how many down blokes, How many blokes has he, How many times have he whacked a bloke in the head or, or put someone on his head? Like he, he He's earned that rep, so cop what comes with it. Mm, he's um, earned the rep, but Burgess is sinking. If he sinks a bit lower, it probably goes worse. But but, I, I, but technically-wise, you can't tell me that that was good tackling technique. No, nah, like, it, it was a good loose, shot. It was stupid. 
it wasn't a good shot at all. It was rubbish. He was all arm. I, I don't know. I, I, still, I just thought, you know, and then a couple of sets later, he, he came in and, and put a decent shot on Burgess. At least he used his shoulder, mm. um, but still third man in. And I'm just a bit sick of Steve Matoy because if it was the other way around, if someone would have whacked Steve Matoy on the chin, you would have had to stretch him off Brookvale over because he's the biggest diver in the game. He lays down all the time. So Sam Burgess in commentary made a, well, you could hear it through the commentary, made a classic sledge asking Steve Maddow how long the grass is at Brookvale Oval. I thought that was the sledge of the year, mm. just quietly. Good one. Um, but uh, for me, Manly, there's a couple of players that did stand out, even though they didn't get the result. I thought Cherry Evans was very, very good. couple offloads. Tackle buffs. He scored a try and had a line break. George Defua, I know you're probably not the biggest fan of no, him. No, I, I am a fan of him. Dummy half work, and I say it every week, is so underrated. This bloke made two line breaks on his own. Tackle there was one bus. occasion there where he just mm. went through. I 170 yeah. metres. He seems, you know? yeah. And Anthony Watmau, he's in great form. 180 metres. We said that last week. Eight tackle bus, line break, line break assist, and a try. So there's well, some positives there. And Glenn Stewart's back. He's going to take some time to warm to the task. Yeah, I... Did he play how many minutes? I think he, play? he played the full game. He got well, if, if just he only no, just I didn't came notice off. him. No, nah, well, he's he's had a lot of layoff in the last couple of years. Like it was the knee last year, the finger. And he played sixty-eight minutes. The so. knee again, so he's going to take his time. But for South, like we said before, you got Burgess stepping up. George had a pretty good game. Gi, they tried to beat the absolute hell out of him, and he just stood up and kept coming back. And then you had the halves control the victory. So I think all round. Souths as a group effort, especially defensively, won that game on the back of uh, getting involved in the battle. There's one player I'd like to highlight out of that game before we move on. Brent Kite. Play four, Rabbitohs under the pump, gets the ball on a shift and kicks it. Mm. Deary me. Yeah, not exactly the greatest play, but... Um, That was almost worst play of the week for me. It was awful. Just quietly, like I said, I I like Matt shot. I like a bit of loose footy, and I'm also a big fan of the brouhaha. Enjoyed a bit of a fight there. Almost had Brookvale. We had a couple of comments on our um, page about, you know, Sam Burgess started that fight. Well, he ran in, but so did both sides. So if you've... No, if when something like that happens, like, you can't point the finger. They all saw each other. If someone whacked you on the chin and we're playing on the same team, I'd be in there protecting you or backing you up. So I, I don't see anything wrong with it. As you said, the tackle from Matt I wasn't that bad. It messed no, up off the ball. It didn't. But that's footy. It didn't justify a fight. That's, that's but I, like I had no see. problems with it because they see. all went front to front. No one dog yeah, shot it. It doesn't need to be blamed. No one needs to take the blame for it. Like no. what Matt I did, he was trying to lift his team, trying to whack a yeah. bloke. Fair enough. Burgess was trying to back his teammate up. But on Fair top enough. of that, you look at it, who got the most players in first? There was five manly players before anyone from South turned up. So yeah. as usual, they got their group mentality and almost got Sam. But for me, I'm, I'm all for a brouhaha when a bit of a stoush happens, as long as it's front on, which is exactly what happens. Yeah. So I say leave it there, clean your hands, stop pointing fingers. Yeah. But uh, We move on to the Saturday games. Obviously, the first fixture was the Cowboys versus the Raiders, and uh, the Cows come up with a 30 to 12 victory and for me this game just kind of felt flat I didn't really get excited about too much uh, I was just about to say it was boring uh, I said it during the week big congratulations to an old teammate and a great friend Paul Vaughan he had his uh, first grade debut and pretty solid game uh, considering he only got about half hour but very solid contribution by the big man so congrats mate but yeah. uh, well he deserves his shot he's mm, been waiting a long time for definitely it. but uh, this this was the Raiders just imploding again 17 errors they got back to a bit of their old footy they didn't make metres. They definitely missed Papali and Shillington. They won the penalty count 8-4, which kind of surprises you. you think when you're going to you get more penalties, you'd probably take advantage of them. But seven more errors and, and the line breaks. The Cowboys were 5-1, to one, so they just didn't have any punch. Mm. No, as I said, it 
I thought this game might have been there for the uh, Raiders to win. Um, a couple of times they made some breaks, couldn't get over the line, bombed it, and then the Cowboys had scored. It just seemed that ebbing and flowing. Uh, the Cowboys definitely aren't back to best form. They're still scratching around. I think Rory Cross-Jason, he's coming along all right for the Cowboys. Um, just on Vaughney, I mean, he made 60 running metres in 21 minutes, whereas Jake Foster, Joel Thompson, uh, Leroy Lars, all these sort of blokes are making nowhere near that in or probably three times the amount of, of playing time. Um, so we've, we've made this comment for the last sort of back end of last year, start of this year, that the forwards for Canberra, although they've got plenty of names, they're, they're not delivering in terms of work rate and impact on games. Like The game was there to be won. They just needed a platform to be set by that forward pack and get them field position because they weren't having trouble scoring points. But yeah, well, it just I'm, wasn't happening. I'm more confused that Foster gets an automatic start and uh, Thompson actually ended up having a pretty good game. He had 120, but if you're going to dra- drag somebody out when Papali... But I mean, three times the minutes. Yeah, I know, but you I'm know, just saying, he, 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 half, he at least made over 100. Minutes. No one else did. But yeah. if you look at it, your back rower is out in Papali. You need an edge player, fair enough. But Joel Thompson is an edge player, so why don't you start him, leave Foster out. You've had Nichols play about 20 games. Why don't you bring Nichols and Vaughan onto the bench? I don't understand why Foster gets automatically elevated to a starting jersey. And he was virtually non-existent on the field. I would have much rather have Joel Thompson from the word go. Yeah, fair but, uh First half, 16-6. The only try Canberra scored was off an intercept. They had absolutely no uh, you know, no involvement on the game. I thought they were a bit lacklustre in the halves again. And that's due to no go forward. Semi couldn't work with much. McCrone was working with nothing. And even when Campese come on, he's usually pretty good at uh, getting them fired up and getting them going forward. And he's a, he's a fairly aggressive man, as most people can see on the TV. But even he couldn't spark them. But uh, the Cowboys, Jonathan Thurston, he did get two tries. He had a bit of a hand in it, but I still look at him and, I don't know, it's like he's trying too hard still. I know he's making a contribution, but I think he's still trying to overdo it a little bit. And yeah, I think he might be carrying an injury just quietly. I think Michael Morgan was a lot a lot better. He scored a try and looked better, but I still think that he Thurston... He still tackles with a handbag, Michael. Yeah. I mean, he, he cannot tackle. I still think Thurston, if it's not an injury, I just think he's trying too hard. I think he needs to... Sit back down a little bit. Matty Bowen was a little bit better, but that's the other side of it. When Matty Bowen's on, it makes Thurston look ten times better. Yeah. But, uh, a big positive for them for me is Tarek Sims having two line breaks, making 130 metres and starting to look better and better, building back from well, that break. Played 80 as well. Yeah. Played 80. And he's an important part going forward. Uh, one we mentioned the week before was Tamalolo. He had a, an absolute Barry Crocker with only 30 metres. He needs to play like he did when he put well, on he that red jersey the other he week. He played for 20 minutes. Did nothing. They need to paint it the same colour as a Tonga jersey yeah. because uh, well, when he I wore that Tonga Tom, jersey the other week, he was outstanding. The play for me out of this game was Matt Scott. Sensational. Just cards the ball up, goes unnoticed a lot of the time, doesn't get mentioned in um, programs like this or on TV. Um, as a like as a coach, you just one missed tackle. He played 60 minutes, 155 metres, um, 20 tackles, just... Mm. And him and Tamiya have made over 100 metres in every single game, yeah. so that shows you the well, platform. Tamiya wasn't far off him. He, he, he missed a few more tackles, but um, you know he was he was excellent. And for the Raiders, like we said, the only one for me that ever really stands out every week, and he's not real flashy, is Reese Robinson. He's solid, always very solid at the back, but uh, Croker's going to be out for a few more weeks, so they've lost another player there, even though they've got Ferguson back. So they're kind of struggling to hold together a, a 17 at the moment, and... Mm. You know, for me, like I said, the only real standout in that was Robinson and probably Edwards rattling a few people with some good shots. But yeah, he pulled off one of the one of the hits he pulled off was on the last hit of the year. Just on a more sad note, uh, our thoughts and prayers go out to young Alex Ellis Sala's family who uh, 
Cowboys hooker in the under-20s. He was in the top squad, and he made a rep debut the other week for Samoa. He's tragically passed away. The reasons are unknown still at this point in time, but uh, our, our hearts go out to him and all his teammates, and you see players like Seguiaro have an absolute killer last night for Penrith, who, yeah. who played with him. and It's just very very sad in particular to see him pass away and young Massessi at the start of the year, especially these young players. It's just... Uh, Gone too soon, very, very soon, and it's 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 just ridiculously sad to see someone die at the age of twenty. Yeah, I the reasons shouldn't matter. No, um, it's a tragedy, um, and let's just leave it at that. Mm. Moving on from that fixture, we'll uh, have a quick break after doing these four games, and we'll come back and do the last four games. back into the reviews from the weekend's games and obviously the second Saturday night fixture was at Campbelltown Stadium seeing the Tigers go down in what was another pretty dour Saturday night game, 20-10 to 10 to the Broncos uh, first half finished up 14-4, to 4. the Broncos were absolutely on fire, had all the possession all the territory, they absolutely dominated and you thought it could have been anything but uh, second half, completely different story they come back out Shut up shop. Uh, the, the Tigers seemed to go harder the more players they lost, which is a bit sad, and that kind of ruined the game as well. But uh, but all around, that was the longest 80 minutes I think I've had this year. Mm, well, I, with 15 minutes to go, I, I thought the Tigers were going to win. Uh, I think the Broncos were probably fairly lucky in the end. That was a really scrappy win for them. First half, they were excellent. They blew the Tigers off the park. Uh, but, you know, Tigers, they just found a way to hang into that in, in that game for as long as they could, uh, and they did have their chances. They could have... Um, at least tied the game. They were disallowed a try there from a double movement, but but they had their chances, the Tigers. There was only one name that pops in my head after this game, and that's Justin Hodges. Yeah, he, he was, was excellent, mate. He absolutely ridiculous. Like, 200 metres, four offloads, 15 tackle breaks. Like, that's a stupid number in a game. Mm. Two line breaks. He set up one of the tries. He scored one. Like, if you want a bloke to have any more input to a game, it... He couldn't have done any more, and they just kept throwing it to him, or he kept getting into dummy half. Because even when things look sour and the halves lost control, that one and the forwards weren't going forward. Justin Hodges didn't care; he just put him on his back, kept carrying the ball upfield. He was just absolutely wreaking havoc. Some on the of the um, some of the runs he had, they looked like it looked like mod footy. Mm. Like no one could it tackle did. him. He was missing tackles and palming blokes off. It was it was ridiculous. A couple of others, Ben Hannon, his work rate in that game, unbelievable. Well, like I'm not a massive fan of his neither. effectiveness but, in a game, but. He had a massive workload in that game for 54 minutes. He just worked his backside off. I, I was astonished to see the numbers mm. um, on my iPad during the game following it going, holy Harry, well, like, you just didn't notice it. I'll give Griffin a rap for that because he lit a fire under him when he dropped him at the start of the year for Maguire. Good on him. Maguire got hurt after a couple of games, and even with Maguire out, he didn't get comfortable. The moment he moved back into the starting lineup, he's yeah. been putting up almost 200 metres each week. Well, he's, he's getting very close to getting 200 metre game. Maguire, was this his... Game back, first, first game, game back. back. Yeah. Limited, limited times, minutes, but even in twenty minutes, he still managed to make seventy meters, mm. uh, which is great. Well, he's a very effective player. But Matchelet, uh, he was good. My only problem with him was tries. he injected the first half for those couple of tries, and that yeah. was the end of him. And we, I was watching it with a mate, and, and the comment that we sort of made was that he's lazy. Like he just he stays out on that edge, waits for the ball. Um, but God, when he gets the ball in his hands, he's hard to tackle, runs a good line, mm. can score your points. See, that's why I like Alex Glenn a little bit more. He probably doesn't score as many tries, not as oh, much I'm polish, but he's that all-round solid player. If the ball's not coming to an edge where he does do his best work, he still comes in and finds the ball. Oh, I didn't think he was at his best on the weekend, but Alex Glenn, I, I thought no. he was. I'll, I'll tell you the other one, the other one that lit my world up and just keeps on doing it. And I, I'm starting to think he's a fullback. Is Corey Norman? 
I love Kawhi. Right, yeah, before, he's been good the last three weeks, I reckon. His ball playing reminds me of when they had Carmichael Hunt there. He doesn't run the ball as effectively as Carmichael Hunt, but he just seems to glide around the park. He's casual as. He doesn't look like he's trying. But, you know, 170 metres, a try assist, a line break, he's just... He's a classy player. Yeah. The only thing you lose with Corey Norman is he's not... Uh, he's not going to make a break on kick return unless yeah. you come down there with a weak line. Um, if, if you've or, got or an a structured line, otherwise he, your start of your set can, can get held up yeah. and slowed down because he's so little. But, but with a, with other a than that, pack, they're all positives for him. With a forward pack like that, though, he, he's in the right team to be playing in that position. They get a roll forward. Yes, yeah. and they uh, Prince and Wallace need the help mm. because Prince is on the way out. Wallace, he's not that great creatively wise. Um, got a solid kicking passing game. Yeah. But, I think um, Griffin's probably identified that and thought the, the more important link is that fullback spot, getting the ball under the edge for that yeah. final pass. Well, let's have four pivots yeah. on the field rather than three. But Norman keeps making that vital decision when it's needed at the end there. And Hoffman, don't get me wrong, I love the bloke, but he's not a great ball player. And putting Norman there has solved that problem. That back line, once they get a shift going, Norman seems to just keep making the right decision. Yeah. Uh, as far as the Tigers are concerned, I'm sick of saying the same two names, but Farrah and Woods. Yeah. Farrah just absolutely controlled that game, set up both their tries, uh, almost kicked Brisbane out of the game in the second half. I thought his kicking game was fantastic. Yeah. Aaron Woods, 170 metres. If the bloke's not wearing the number 10 next to Tarmel in the starting lineup, well, then I'm just not here. Unless Paul Gowan's playing front row, Woods has to be the other starting front row for me. Yeah, well, There's, I'm not going to argue with that. Uh, but for them, I'm really disappointed. Uh, you know, I felt bad for the Tigers. Molson's gone for the year. Lawrence and Aishford are both going to be out for six weeks. They finished the game with 12 at the end. They looked down. They had five sitting on the bench. Uh, they've lost another half, obviously. Benji's not going to be rushed back, and Anasta's out for a few more weeks. So you've got Siren and... I don't know if Miller's healthy. Well, they, they, I think Miller's coming back this week. But uh, if Miller's not healthy, I was going to say, they're going to have to go as deep as picking probably the 20s half, Luke Brooks, who's played in that 20s origin, or they have to pick someone like Sean Meany, who's a makeshift half playing New South Wales Cup. So as far as they're concerned, uh, they're playing the Bulldogs this week, and I think they're in for a hard time. The Bulldogs are getting back Graham, and there's a maybe on Cassiano. I think the Bulldogs are about to start making a run with a few easier games, and... Uh, Having plenty of Kiwis and Pommies and not being affected by origin, I think they're going to flourish. Yeah. And uh, for the Broncos, on the flip side, they've got a real tough clash they're playing at home against the Rabbitohs. So I think this is probably the game that's going to give us a gauge on Brisbane after a rough start of the year. they are won a couple on the trot now, so I think we're going to have a real good game on Friday night. Yeah, I don't think they can... Um, I don't think they can win Brisbane. I don't think they can beat uh, the Rabbitohs, but... Oh, I do think they've improved significantly since the start of the year. Well, I think they've shown to us they can be a finals team, but I said that last year and then they faded out after Origin. So, well, yeah. as always, that, that's going to be the gauge for them. What happens after Origin is going to decide what happens to the Brisbane Broncos. Yeah, if they're a finals team, they're not top four. So, mm. it's, yeah. Well, moving on to the Sunday fixtures, obviously the first one, uh, one you'd be disappointed with up at the Gold Coast there. The Titans lost 30-6 to to Newcastle and just some general things. 1,600 metres to 1,200. They got outdone with their monster forward pack, uh, they made 14 errors to seven. And uh, even with Caesar, Taylor and Sharma back, I thought Caesar you can't really blame. He's had a couple of weeks off. Sharma ended up busting his finger, so, you know, he's gone again. I thought Dave Taylor was actually pretty good off the bench, but well, he had to be, all the other forwards made under... Left. Every other forward made under 100 metres. Uh, Harrison had a good go before he got hurt, but Bird was the only one besides Taylor that got up to that 100 metre mark. And, yeah. uh, well, they ran out of troops, the Titans. I, I was... For the 60 minutes, uh, where they seemed to have gas, it was 12-6. Newcastle ran away with it in the last 20, but when you've got no rotation, that's what happens. Mm. So I was not I was disappointed with the result, obviously, but 
Um, I thought they tried hard. Well, so, I mean, there's a lot of NRL sides at the moment you can look at and go, they're dogging it. Mm. Um, and I definitely don't think the Titans are dogging it. Well, you even look at one massive positive. They took a gamble on Albert Kelly, and I thought he was outstanding again. And well, he set up the try, um, kicked well. So he, he was better than Caesar on, on Sunday. Mm. Caesar, uh, but, Caesar struggled said, a little bit. You can't really up, blame someone who's just Yeah, I'm not off. blaming him yeah, at all. I'm just saying that Kelly was actually the leading hand, which but is good to see. It's for a lot, not all on Caesar. Yeah, for a lot of people that I read going, oh, Caesar was horrible. It's, well, he's had a couple of weeks off. He's walked yeah. back into a side that's... Yeah, he's playing it behind a forward pack mm. that, that had no bench rotation. So um, he lost his hooker. Well, just the message. Balloon was was pretty good, mm. filling in for Sharma. But well, he, he does, he's very good at running the ball, not very good at passing the ball. So. I think we've both said this already. We love Luke Bailey, but it's time to move on. Yeah. Ryan James really needs to step up. He can't chime in once every so often. He, he seems to only be there when they're on the front foot. Yeah. Uh, if not, they've got to do something. Not We know they need a centre, but for me, there's a couple of older forwards there that need to get the flick. I think they can spend the money. Yeah, well, I was about to say, he was pretty close to getting my worst player of the week. He had an absolute Barry Crocker, but yeah. uh, I'm, I'm not going to take too much away from Newcastle, in particular a player that we both think's up to origin standard. Unfortunately, he's another Marone. He's Dane Gagler. Mm-hmm. First game back, I thought he embarrassed everyone on that edge, and he put McManus over for two tries, who also had a very good game, and Uwada again, 200 metres and a try. Uh, Mullen, two try assists. He really guided that ship. They dropped uh, Ty and Roberts back to the bench and had Gidley in the halves and started with Bedell. So, uh, yeah, I, I think it was a soft win for mm, Newcastle. I, I, I agree. I'm, I'm just going to flush that game, move on to this week. But, uh, I think that Wayne Bennett would be pretty happy. They've started to gather a bit of momentum as well. And Snowden, 170. Farlogo, 100 metres. They're in a fight at the moment, too, to keep Corbin Sims. We're hearing that. Uh, the North Queensland Cowboys are obviously trying to get him up there with both his brothers. I think that'd be a great well, steal. Good luck. They're, they're not going to be able to keep him if he wants to go up there with his brothers. At the same time, though, you've seen how much money they've been flashing out to keep those two front rowers and yeah, well. the centres and whatnot. So it's going to come down to uh, money, I think, to see what the, the Cowboys can dish up and what the Knights have as well. But I'm kind of with you. 30-6, to six, uh, depleted troops, but I, I was pretty impressed. I thought the Knights played some pretty good footy. Yeah. But again, uh, I want to I want to see him beat Titans need depth, though. Side. Titans need more depth. We've both said this. It's time to stop shelling out half a million for one big name. They need to buy some solid first graders, I think. And I know a lot of people fell in love with the Titans over the first six weeks. I'm their biggest fan, but I didn't fall in love with them. Just because I know there's, there's injuries around the corner. Your depth's going to get tested. And mm. um, unfortunately... Uh, we're losing key players as well, you know. Like we've had problems in the halves, we've had problems with our nine. Um, I, front row probably isn't doing as much for me as what I what I would like it to. Taylor, he's been inconsistent. He's not worth the money he's on. Uh, at, just all around the park. I, I, I still scratch my head. I can't believe we're paying Jamal Idris five hundred or five fifty or whatever we're paying him because. He's an average first grader at best, Idris. Well, we can Tony take one thing as a positive, like we said the other week. Thank God the salary cap went up. So technically, he's worth less on this cap. But could you imagine oh. if you negotiated that deal under the new deal? Thank Christ. My God, you guys would be struggling right now. But moving on from that fixture, the other Sunday game, the Dogs got up twenty-four to eight over the Sharks. In for me, this was a pretty dour game as well. No, I wasn't too excited. Yeah, there weren't many good ones on the weekend. Uh, Sharks. This is another error-riddled game. Eighteen errors they made to eight. Uh, it was absolutely ridiculous. The dogs killed them with the offload, though. It was nice to see the ball moving again. They won that category 20-10, to 10, which uh, unlocked a fair bit of space. I thought Frank Pritchard, their best player by a country more. Yeah, he was. And it was very random, though, to see all four tries by the wingers. That's not something you really associate with the dogs. Last no. year, it was in the centres, and they made a lot of inroads to the forwards, but 
four tries, both on uh, Mitch Brown and two on Sam Perrett's wings. Yeah, they found a little bit of that uh, offloading and attacking mojo from their forwards through Frank the Tank on the weekend. He was, as you said, sensational. Uh, I think you take him out and you put him on the Sharks side, the Sharks probably win. Sharkies had their chances. Uh, they, Stapleton they bombed, bombed one. Pomeroy bombed one. Mm. Uh, you know, I thought the Dogs' defence, that was it was ordinary mm. on the weekend. They had players going up past the ball, um, players not moving up, like staggered lines. Uh, Toddy Carney had, well, potentially could have had a field day with that, that defence. He threw a pick, and uh, I know he laid on a couple of nice passes, but uh, for me, his performance wasn't, uh, you know, what everyone made it out to be. Well, I'm going to bring um, up one thing. They've got a great forward pack. They don't really have, you know, an outstanding nine at the Sharks. But with the forward pack they have himself, and we still, I think you'd agree with me, that him and Townsend long-term is what they need to be having. But they need a centre. I don't care what anyone says. You can have average wingers, and they've got a good fullback, but you can have average wingers if you have a classy centre. Yeah. Ben Pomeroy, don't get me wrong, his numbers stack up. With plenty of tackle breaks, he made two line breaks, but he just lacks that finishing touch, that last little bit of class. Yeah, he does. I'd probably rather see him play as like a 13 or an edge back row. He's a huge human and he's super aggressive. But as far as that class or that yeah. last little bit you need mentally as a centre to sum up a game, Ben Pomeroy can't do it. Well, I, I know I threw the Sharks into my eight, um, but in my preview, that was exactly what I said. I had concerns over their centres, whether they could score enough points. And... It's shining through, thank mm. God, because otherwise I look like a nuffy. But uh, I still had them in my eight, and I was so totally well. wrong with that because they're not making the eight. Well, the only, the only moment of brilliance they had came from two forwards, uh, both from the out Penrith way, had a bit of a link up. Graham made a line break, linked up with Lewis, and uh, he gave it back to him, and he scored under the post. That was the only real flash there. Yeah. Gordon was good. Yeah, well, Gordon was good. I was going to say as well, Graham come off the bench again. I still think Graham's been really good this year, and... Mm. Louis not getting his dress sense. Yeah, well, Louis not kind of getting the ball that he should be on that edge, so his meters have been down. But I think any time he does get involved, he's been trying hard. But, oh, definitely, Luke Lewis. Um, Luke Lewis, you're never going to get an average game out no. of him. And I was about to just... say, uh, Paul Gallon again, 160 meters, three offloads. It's just, I can't, I can't believe the effort week in, week out, regardless of result. They, they could be coming second last, like they were a couple of years back. He's been doing it for so long now; it's ridiculous. Like. Birthday after birthday, year after year, party after party. I'm just waiting for Paul Gowan to slow down, but he doesn't. No, he's he's a machine. Uh, he's a machine. He, his grand final, his three games this year are going to be origin. Mm. Um, because the Sharks, the way they're playing, the way that the club's um, under the pump with this investigation and, and all the controversy that's uh, overshadowed what should have been a great season for the Sharkies, his grand finals are going to be those three origin games. Mm. Well, I actually thought for the, the, the Bulldogs that the halves weren't that bad. I thought Reynolds is looking a bit sideways and he's missing yeah. that go forward, but I thought Hodkinson wasn't too bad this week. But again, you, Hodkinson, he'll be he'll be uh, much better Mate, the more he plays. Well, Just give him more time. Graham's back this week finally, so that unlocks yeah. a bit more ball playing. Well, he, he's Cassiano a ridiculously play fit man, and yeah, that's the flip side of it. If yeah. the may be there, if you get those two back, Against the Tigers, I'm, I'm feeling a bit of momentum coming in for the yeah, Tigers. Yeah, well, I think like they're going to play the Tigers who have got no players, so they'll probably win that. Mm. But I still think they're going to need this weekend and then probably another two weeks for all those guys to mix in and start playing footy, um, fluent footy anyway. But know? I think Barber in particular will benefit from those two coming back. Oh, he will. He, he's not steaming onto the pill because he's under pressure and he's not used to it. Yeah, last he, looks year, he looks in all sorts. Mm. But last year he had all that space and it was coming from Cassiano... All these big boys going forward, Graham unlocking it, 
and uh, it, it just hasn't been happening so far this year. But yeah, uh, one, one last wrap before we leave them. Aiden Tolman, he's not a big man, but he had an absolute no. monster of a game again. And how he's another one who's not in consideration for Origin, I'll never know. He's one of does he's flying under the radar. Wherever <sighs> he goes, he flies under the radar. Aiden Tolman, he's a workhorse. Uh, I'd pick him in my Origin team. Well, I'll tell you what, when Melbourne had to clear out the cap down there, I wasn't yeah. sad to see Brett White go. And I knew we couldn't hold on to everyone. But when they got him down there, the Bulldogs, I was disappointed because he was just starting to give those glimpses of maturity at Melbourne after yeah. playing some games off the bench. So, you're welcome back, Aiden. Well, it's not funny. <laughs> it's not funny that... Well, it's not a coincidence that every side he goes to is, is fairly successful. Mm. You know, like, you need players like that. And um, it's no shock to me that everywhere he goes, success seems to follow the teams that he's involved in. Mm. Hard work. But uh, Dogs and Tigers, like I said, I, I think this is the start of some momentum this week. They've got them at home as well. And uh, the Sharks, I think things are only going to get rougher for them. They're away to Newcastle, who haven't lost a game at home yet and are uh, starting to build. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on LinkedIn.com slash people today. Nicely, so I think they may feel a bit of pain this week. Uh, last game of the round, obviously, last night was the, the Battle of the West. This is usually a cracker of a fixture, and I still enjoyed this game. But uh, 44 to 12... Uh, Peter Sterling just absolutely shredded Parramatta on Triple M Radio. Words like atrocious, <laughs> disgusted, yeah. putrid, everything you could think of under the sun, lack of effort. And uh, to be honest, I thought first half they were in that game, yeah. but they just can't defend. They they are that brittle. They absolutely fell to pieces. And I'm not going to take away from Penrith, though. This is the one thing everyone's saying, oh, Parramatta just that bad. Penrith played really good football. Mm. Uh, three players, or two at least, that me and you thought should have been starting at the start of the year were both the Robinsons, Matt and Travis. Travis scores a double. Matt Robinson is just such a classy edge player. He went through a couple of times and made them look stupid. Yeah. And then you get Matty Moylan, the young fullback, comes in. Three try assists, just absolute class on, on his debut. Well, for the people that have been kicking the Panthers, uh, this, you know, the, the junior players you saw come through mm. last night, that's only... You know, yeah, well, a we... tiny, tiny, tiny little sample of what's to come. Mm. Um, you haven't seen Dallin. No, you haven't seen Satini. You haven't seen Kyle well, Dolan healthy. Either. You're not mm. probably not going to this year. But, no. Um, that's just a little sample of what's to come. So the Penrith fans out there who don't go and watch the lower grades, who don't sit, sort of know the squad players, only know their regular first graders, yep. um, lay off the Panthers. We're not uh, buying success. We're growing success. Yeah, they're going to lay off them because they, they've got a plan in place, whereas Parramatta... They are doing the same things, same mistakes, same old, same old that they were doing four years ago, uh, three years ago, you know, once they punted um, Daniel Anderson, uh, which was, I still look back at that worst and I think that, that's, that's the worst decision, uh, you know, of a football club. It'll probably go down as a worst decision um, of the last four or five years by a club, in my opinion. Because uh, you, you see Anderson um, now talking, he's an intelligent man. Uh, he was one of the first coaches to say, Jared Hayne, pull your head in, you're a Muppet. Um, he hasn't been the last, and he won't be the last to fall on his sword um, in that regard because um, he must be the most frustrating player to, to coach, Jared Hayne. 
I just uh, I know he scored a try last night, but well, I thought he, he let a forty twenty in. Um, he just seems lazy at the back. He, he picks the ball up and sort of doesn't run it back with any vigor. Um, seems content to argue with referees. Um, well, you would too if you were playing in a side. Yeah, but there's no there's try. no coincidence why they're getting penalised. They are getting penalised for dumb dumb things and repeat offences. So. Yeah. Um, I know Ricky Stewart had a big Barney after the Titans game, and he probably had some r- right reasons to after that game. There were some um, 50-50s that, w- that get it, went against the Eels, but um, last night, just stupid things like like offside or um, stripping penalties or you know head highs, or, it just really silly stuff, and, and the amount of times that Penrith were coming out of their own end and Parramatta just piggybacked them down the field. Yeah. Or when Parramatta were coming out of their own, and they just dropped the pill. Well, 43 um, sets Penrith had to Parramatta's 30, yeah. 8 tries to 2, 1,500 metres to 1,000, yeah. 12 offloads to Parramatta's 4, and Penrith won the penalty count 9-4. The Eels hurt themselves as much as Penrith did, but at the same time, you need to take advantage when you get chances, and full credit to Penrith, they did. Yeah. Uh, doubles to Simmons, Seguiaro also grabbed a double, Vare and Brown grabbed a pair of tries, and... Uh, just, just all around. Luke Walsh, you know, I think he had his best game. He did. Matt, Matty Moylan, yeah. great debut. Travis Robinson grabbed a double. And just that little small thing that I like about Travis Robinson, something like that tap. He made that effort to get back there and he got rewarded. That's the second time uh, Parra's been burned for being lazy on a tap and not turning around. And I thought I'd never see that again, and I've seen it five weeks later. Yeah, well, Tim Grant as well. Uh, I still don't think I'd have him my origin side, but he stepped up big time last night. 22 yeah. carries, 33 tackles, 180 metres. Well, maybe Laurie Daly's had a word in his ear and well, said, you know, we need more from you. So I still, I'm still going with the, the Gallon thing. I, I don't want to gamble on these blokes. I'd rather have no, Gallon. I'm with you. We've got so many back rowers, it'd be ridiculous not to uh, play them. It'll just be whoever is that bench Woods. Woods has to be in that side if Gallon's there. Yeah. And if not, so you're saying Tarmel, Gallon, Woods? Yeah. Would and you I'm, pick another I'm, front row or not? No, no. I'd be yeah, going. I'd go back. I'd be going the back row with Put Marin in. He can play prop. Well, I'd have Marin playing thirteen with Hoffman yeah. and Bird, and I'd have Watmau on the bench. Yeah, yeah. But we've got enough guys mm. there. You can slot one of them. In but the we have row. so many back rowers. You can't ignore them. You have to have no. the back rowers in there. Gallon's just as good as a front rower. He does all that work. He plays tight anyway. So, yeah. but I'm not trusting one of these front rowers that we had. It's going to be unreliable. Yeah, I'm sticking no. to that. Fair uh, I, for Parramatta, um, Vau Tai Tai and Kalepi Tanganoa. Um, Great young players. Tang and Noah, sorry. Uh, they were both excellent last night. I watched the, the Eels presser. Uh, I watched the Panthers presser. and yeah, Stuart, he didn't have much to say last night. Funny that. What about Tim Manor? Tim Manor was having an absolute... Yeah, poor bugger. 140 metres and then he got carried off. He made more metres than any forward on that field and he only got up to the 60th minute. Could and be a no one else. League. No one else made over 100 metres. That poor bastard mm. is busting his ass. And he, he's another one, I'm, I'm sad to say... I'd, I wouldn't have minded seeing him probably get a run. I'd trust Tim Manor in yeah. that origin situation. I think before, when he was being picked, he didn't have bad games due to his fault. I thought that the substitution and the way that he was used, like, that, that's why I'm getting at this year to have Gallon instead. If you're not going to use that front row, don't pick him. Yeah. Queensland utilised their bench to the full, so don't pick front rowers just because he's the only one you've got. Yeah. Um, Ivan Cleary, his way of celebrating last night was saying, well... Um, focuses on next week now, so hmm. he's got a little bit of a little bit of Wayne Bennett in him, Ivan, but that, pretty that, pretty emotionless, which was good to see. I, you know, and he's exactly right. Penrith fans will get excited if they can if they can just play like that, play with that effort. The results will come. They're not going to win every game. They obviously don't have that that sort of roster um, at the moment, but 
uh, as I said, you stick the signs, with them. Though. Stick with them because those juniors are coming through. Yeah, well, those juniors are coming as compared to Parramatta buying old Pommy. So we'll. Uh, yeah. Well, Parramatta's got a couple of good juniors there, so you think mm. that they they take a little bit of that. But and, the, the, uh, that's where you've got to look and it. say Tau Tai, Tunganor, uh, you know, Ken Seo, these younger players. You got to look at them and go, "Yep, okay, we've got some coming through. Let's put some focus there. Yep. Let's not go buy half a million dollar Pommies. Let's put some money into it." But uh, that's the end of the eight games we've got. So we'll uh, move on to the degenerate gambler section. See if we can win you some money. Degenerate gamblers section this week. Let's have a look at some of the games for you. Uh, Brisbane South first game. Brisbane two twenty five at home. South a dollar sixty five. Oh, I think South a dollar sixty five is not too bad at all. Yep. Brisbane have got the four and a half, uh, four and a half start. Would you take them with four and a half start? Uh, I don't think it's enough. I, I wouldn't take them with four and a half. It's enough. I'd take South minus the minus the four and a half at a dollar ninety. Looks all right. Uh, the next game, Canterbury West. Um, obviously, Canterbury fairly short at a dollar twenty. West four fifty. Uh, the only value there would be at the line market. Canterbury a minus twelve and a half dollar ninety. Tigers with twelve and a half at dollar ninety. Well, I still wouldn't touch it just because they're getting some players back. But you, you, I don't think you could trust them to be trying to rack up a thirteen plus. But they're definitely yeah. going to win. So I'd throw the dogs into my multi as a little bit of a bump up. As a bump up. Yeah. Melbourne dollar fifteen. Canberra five dollars fifty. Yeah. Well, uh, the start there is fifteen and a half. To Canberra. Seven from seven at home. Uh, pretty much been at the homes enough for him to give those odds. But they did tell us up down there last year. Mm. I, don't, I don't see it happening this week. But I, I still don't think Melbourne will blow them away. Okay, yeah, I, I had a look at Canberra with eight and a half start, which is obviously three converted tries. That uh, that's a dollar seventy, so I don't mind that odds. Um, you know, Canberra score first try, suddenly they're twenty four and a half points ahead. So um, maybe not a bad bad one if you if you do think that Melbourne's form is slipping, which um, I'm of that opinion. Cowboys a dollar forty two to beat Parramatta. Two dollars eighty-five. I think the Cowboys should be a dollar oh one after what I saw from Parramatta last night. Yeah, well, I had Cowboys in all three of my bets of the week. I had them and Souths as a, a joint multi. They get you about two dollars forty. Yeah, a uh, forty twenty a yes for them. And the Eels. Chrissy Sandow's kicking them like nothing, and obviously Thurston can pull. Did he one kick out. one last night? Yep, he kicked another one. Okay, and yep. uh, the other one for me was Cowboys at minus seven and a half is a dollar ninety right there. So I'd even go further and say you could probably push that to 12 or more or chuck a 13 plus I'm keen I'll, I'll have I'll just have the Cowboys head to head um, I'm not real keen on backing with the start 7.5 is that awkward number it's not a try um, it's it's it oh. could be too unconverted it's just that I, weird I took, number I took Brisbane minus 8 on the weekend I got home with 10 it was an awkward number and I was sweating bad yeah yeah 10's an awkward still. number you want either 5.5 or um, something like that that's um, you know eas- easily covered uh, New Zealand, they're a dollar fifty favourites over the Titans at two sixty five on uh, on the weekend. Titans have got six and a half start, so nah, both unreliable. Yeah, this, this I is one I'm not really going to be chucking in a multi. One nah. of them's willing to bomb you. No, nah, I just stay away from it. Uh, I think the Titans are probably value at twelve and a half start, but I won't be backing it. Newcastle, dollar forty favourites over the Sharks, three dollars fifteen. The Sharkies have the eight and a half start. Knights at home. Knights at home. I wouldn't back them minus eight and a half, though. I no. think the Sharks are fairly good defensively. Like I um, said, there's a few easy multi pickups there. I think if you've got some value. Yeah. Uh, the Roosters, $1.15. Penrith, five fifty. The line is 15 and a half. Now, I'm pretty keen on taking the Panthers at 15 and a half. I'll probably look at something similar. 
uh, Raiders, Panthers, both with 18.5. You can get yourself almost $3.50 well, for, for that. I've got the Roosters. I'm not going to just do it because like everyone who just goes, oh, they win big, they're going to win big. I think they're going to win uh, pretty easily. But I, I don't know about the 15 and a half. I don't know if I'd jag at that. But I, I, don't, I don't think they're going to get threatened by the Panthers purely on firepower. But, yeah, see, for the Roosters, they're not reliable enough for me to go, yeah, I'm going to back them 15 and a half. Um, no, as I'll, I said, I wouldn't take the line. Players play to win. They don't play to win by a margin. Um, the last game, Monday night footy, the Dragons $2.60, Manly $1.50. The line there is 6.5 to St. George. I wouldn't be taking it. No. I know Manly's got some players out. Six and a half is probably fair, but you know, Manly still got dusted. great halves. Yeah, great halves. Still got some good forwards. Watmow's going good. Stewart will be better for the run. Uh, Brett Stewart was good for a few weeks there. Had a bad game of the week. If he wants to play Origin, he needs to try and back in. Yeah, Jamie Lyon. They got still got class all over the field. I've got so I've got two multis this week. I've got, I'm going to have the the South Sydney Rabbitohs head to head to beat the Broncos, into Manly to beat the Dragons. That'll give you two dollars fifty. And I'm also going to have the Raiders with eighteen and a half start at a dollar ninety into the Panthers at a dollar. Uh, sorry, with eighteen and a half start at a dollar ninety. Uh, sorry, they're both at a dollar seventy. Dollar seventy. So Panthers and Raiders uh, with eighteen and a half start, both a dollar seventy gets you the odds of three dollars forty. Mm. Well, I gave you mine. It's South straight dollar sixty five. Cow straight dollar forty five. Get you two dollars forty if you want to have a bit of a load up. I think both those are pretty much shoe ins. And- Is uh, Ashley Graham playing? Yeah, um, I, I would, I'd look at him for an anytime try scorer in, against Parramatta, mm. uh, his old club. I think he'll uh, he'll dart down one of those edges and get a meat pie. All right, well, that's the degenerate gamblers for this week. Go well, how, do, how did we go last week? No good. Last week? Well, I got up. I don't remember what I actually put on here, but in my own terms over the weekend, I got up on the Broncos. And, I had, uh, yeah, I had South I had Newcastle and the Broncos in a multi. So. South 1-12. I also had the Knights half full into the Dogs half full. That paid all right. Mm. Um, well, Parramatta bombed my, me. my multi for the for the podcast, I had the Dragons with 12.5, and, and that bombed me. Otherwise, I would have had a nice collect there for the listeners. But apologies if you follow my tips, but uh, I'm pretty confident this week. Mm. All right, well, that's the degenerate gambler section. Hopefully, uh, you're eating... Fleming Young and a bit of a steak at the end of the week and not eating sayos again. But uh, now we'll move on to Mr. Gossip. Now it's time for your weekly dose of goss from Mr. Gossip. Now we are joined by the man who'd go to Timbuktu to hear a thing or two just to bring you some gossip. <laughs> oh, how we going, ladies? Yeah, good, mate. What's happening? Penrith, good oh, win last night. Sorry, mate? Penrith, good win last night. Yeah, well, Parramatta were just terrible, really. They didn't show up. But, mm. um, yeah, good win by the lads. Got to love it. Yeah, how was the trip down to Melbourne? Sensational. The, um, the AFL, we had to... Um, we had to stand up watching the AFL, which um, the big fella here didn't like. He's no. got a couple of crook knees, so um, and, and we sort of we, we seem to be asking everyone the rules. Um, but it was good, mate. Like a lot of people there, obviously um, changing culture to what we're used to. And then we uh, we walked 500 metres across the road and, and went over to Amy Park, and that was turned out to be a good game as well. So yeah, just got one problem. I, I don't understand why everyone in AFL has an obsession with yelling ball <laughs> every two seconds. I'll just yell ball. I was like, all right, I'm out. Yeah. So, and then we went uh, went to Ligon Street, found a pizza joint, bought a six pack, and uh, went back to the hotel room and watched the uh, Dragons Roosters game. So it was a good night. Yeah, 
Beautiful, living the dream. Yeah, loving life. Sports. I, um, yeah, I must have sweated bullets on the uh, plane right up and back, but I'm not a, not very good on the flight. Yeah, he's not a fan. I'm the opposite. I, I strap in and feel the cheese. <laughs> uh, well, what do you got for uh, us this week, buddy? Uh, we'll kick it off with uh, Benji Marshall. Now, um, I don't know if you've heard during the week, boys, but um, it's looking like the Tigers are tabling an offer for him. Um, basically, they finish out his career, a five-year deal. Um, hearing was $4 million. Now, that's up there with first, and that's up there with you know, some of the big, big, big players of the game. Look, to me, Benji's been a great serviceman for the club, but I don't think he's worth that much. What do you boys think? Uh, well, for a five-year deal, uh, even though he has been healthy after that horrendous run when he was, you know, a, a young prodigy, I just don't... I, you know, it's not even so much the five-year deal or the money. I think his talent justifies it in his best form. Probably more money. I reckon he's up with the, a Thurston on his best day. But I think he doesn't look like he wants to be at the Tigers, to be honest. that That's kind of the vibe I get when I look at him play. Yeah, I'm, yeah, I guess, uh... I'm a little bit the same, mate. I... Five-year deals, they never work out. Like, tell me one five-year deal that's actually been seen out and both parties have been happy with it. You know, like, it just ends in tears. The Scott Prince one, probably a little bit close to home for me. That ended three years in. And when he signed it, like, he was he was in the Australian side. And three years later, he was just in, you know, gone backwards um, at a decent clip. So I, I would have thought, if you're going to give him big cash, he probably deserves big cash. Give it to him for three years. Five years is too long. Yeah, I, yeah I, I think he's probably only got two or three years left in any, in any way. I mean, mm. he's got an injury at the moment, even. Well, he's probably one shoulder injury away from career over, you know? Like, a lot of people forget how many problems he had with his shoulders when he first came into grade. Like, he's had double Ricos on both sides. So, um, you know, that's obviously a concern as well. And, and the older you get, the, obviously, the more at risk you are of, of, of having those reoccurring injuries pop up again. Yeah, absolutely. Right, well, Sonny Bill Williams, now... He's currently in negotiations with the Roosters, with um, Cota Nasser, his manager, so I'm sure that'll be pretty pretty interesting to see, to be a fly on the wall with those negotiations, but obviously the Roosters dying to get him um, at the club for next year, and from everything I'm hearing, he will be there. It's just a matter of pleasing Cota Nasser at the moment. Yeah, well, that bloke reminds me of that puppet that American guy uses. It says, silence, I'll kill you. <laughs> he's just, he runs yeah. his own show, that bloke. He's not even accredited. He just runs around telling uh, people, this is how much money we're getting. That's the end of the end of the story. So uh, I'm sure they may have a bit of teething pain with him, but the way Sonny Bill's playing, I don't really think they're going to be too bothered how things end up. They just want him to stay, and I don't blame them. Yeah, no, absolutely. He's been fantastic. He's, he's come on quicker than I thought he would. Yeah, I, exactly right. I had my question marks on him coming across from rugby, but um, he's answered every question I had of him and more. He's been sensational and uh, probably justified the money he's on. Is Do you think he's going to re-sign for more or same price? Or? Um, I believe it's pretty much the same. Okay, yeah, well, I, I could same. justify the same. I, I mean, if you... You couldn't push for much more. The players more. they've got, you, you couldn't justify any more to try and have a bloody side. But yeah, that's right. he's on plenty of coin as it is. Yeah. Well, that's it. But Pilatus is, is a very smart man, and uh, I dare say there'd be a lot of third-party deals yeah. involved with Sonny Bell. So, Brown bagging. Yeah, it'd be a very difficult contract to sort of get done and dusted. But um, he wants to stay. They want him to stay. It's just a matter of time, really. Yeah, a bit of a lunchbox. Same from this. this is from Mrs. Plotus. A, a bit of minestrone soup. <laughs> so shout, shout with some special green fucking salad. Mm. 
Uh, the Newcastle Knights, now they're very keen to sit down and get a lot of people re-signed for next year and two of those players are uh, Corbin Sims, now um, obviously the brother of um, Ashton and Tarek, they're keen to keep him at the club, obviously his brothers would love to have him up, up north but um, I know Bennett's got big laps on him and keen to sign him up, also Tamana Tahu as well, um, also Miller played the back end of his career, wants to, wants to stay at Newcastle but asking big bucks as well. Yeah, I was about to say, if Tao's asking for money, well, then I'm scrapping it straight away. They uh, picked up Leilua on the cheap. I know he's only a young bloke and he's a bit of a loose cannon, but if Tao's asking for big dollars, the, the way that bloke gets injured at this age, I'm not really interested. But uh, Corbin Sims, I, I really like Corbin. He's got limited opportunities so far, but he's super aggressive, just like Tarek, so I'm not surprised that uh, North Queensland are sticking their nose in there. Yeah, we, we, had that, um, we had this conversation this afternoon about, like... If he wants to go up there and play with his brothers, then he's going to go. I don't, I don't think money's going to be the issue. It's just going to be whether he wants to stay in, in Newcastle and play under Bennett or whether he wants to play with his brothers up north. Yeah, exactly. Absolutely. And Newcastle also, they're very, very keen to get Michael Wayman over from the Dragons. Now, the Raiders have had a little bit of a play to him as well. Um, obviously, he, he used to play at the Raiders. But um, my mail's pretty good that he'll sign uh, with the Knights for next year, Michael Wayman. Um also going the back end of his career as well, but a good player. I was going to say, though, fresh off the ACL, I watched him play New South Wales Cup on the weekend. He he just looks lost at the moment. I don't know if he's, uh, you know, still hampered by it or not. Like He had a few good carries in that game. One of them he went straight through, but he, he kind of reminds me of when he first came into grade. He looks a bit loose again. Like Bennett really cleaned him up, turned him into a solid front rower, but 28 years of age, ACL injury. I can't believe the Raiders are in for it. They've got more junior forwards than anyone. They've got the biggest yeah. forward pack on earth and they want to get the incredible... They want to get the thing down there as well to join in there. Like, could you want any more monster Marvel-like characters running around your forward pack? Like, buy a centre. Like, how about a half? Yeah. I'm like, surprised the Titans aren't trying to buy him. We could do with another forward. <laughs> 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 oh, yeah. yeah, one that wants to aim up. Yeah, fair thing. Yeah. Oh, look at Fern. I mean, he's a, he's a size of a brick shit house, so I'm not surprised they're throwing all their money at forward. Yeah, they've just re-signed Nichols. Uh, Vaughn plays on the weekend. They've got Jared Kennedy. They've got forwards up to Ying Yang. They've got Shannon Boyd, who's about 130 kilos from Cowra and has hands the size of bloody ham hocks. Like, you couldn't have any more forwards sitting in the reserves and you want to go sign... A bloke who's fresh off a Rico. Well, yeah. yeah, well, you're going to be paying top dollar for him too. Like, mm. Well, you're talking a bloke who played for Australia and New South Wales. So, yeah, regardless of him being 28 and having a Rico, he's going to be asking for good coin. Yeah, like you said, he, he does look a little bit lost at the moment, but he is still a good player. Oh, and no doubt. It'd probably be a good good move for him to, to go back under Bennett and, and mm. finish his time out at Newcastle. Well, I didn't think he was a rep player, and Bennett certainly changed that. So, it really wouldn't surprise me. I think that wouldn't be a bad move with uh, Willie and Far Logo and. A couple of those blokes obviously been a bit older, and I think Costigan may be someone who sees himself on the way out as well. He's been uh, atrocious the few games he's played. Yeah, for sure. And then uh, Matt Bowen from the Cowboys, one of my all-time favourite players, Matty Bowen. Now, I'd, I'd absolutely love to see him win a competition with the Cowboys. He's you know, one club man, terrific guy on and off the field. But look, the Cowboys, as we know, they've just paid a lot of money to keep first in there, and they don't have a lot of money in the kitty. Um, Look, Bowen, he knows he's going to have to take a pay cut, but, geez, from from what I'm hearing, they're not offering him much at all. But, look, I'm hearing the UK Super League team, uh, Warrington Wolves, are offering him massive coins. So, personally, I hope Matty Bowen does go to the UK because 
um, you know, he can really set up his future and get a lot of money from them. But obviously, a lot of Cowboys fans would be unhappy with that. Yeah, well, that's that's what the salary cap does to to sides that are successful and sides that have um, marquee players. I guess it's it's sad. I, I mean. Uh, wouldn't they get a concession for him in terms of like he is a one club player? So wouldn't wouldn't a, a percentage of his salary come under the loyalty scheme that the NRLs introduced? Yeah, so it's, well, uh, bloody hell, they they must be um, tight on the cap then if they if they don't have enough to sort of entice him to stay. Um, or Warrington must the, the dollars that Warrington are throwing at him must be uh, must be massive. Yeah, massive, almost three times in fact. Bloody hell. Well, I know Clint, so, I know Clint Greenshields is someone that come back and yeah. probably not many people are a big fan of him. When he, before he left uh, the Dragons back in the day, I was only about 14, 15. I didn't think Clint, uh, Clint Greenshields was too bad a player. No, he wasn't when he left. And I just he, don't think he is. His now. first game the other night, and he still backs up. He's still solid. Yeah. I'm not saying he's Matt Bowen, don't get me wrong, but if you're talking about money, you've just re-signed Scott, Tarmow, Thurston. You've got the gun front rowers, him, Have Sims, they got anyone in the 20s? Tarmalolo. Uh, Wayne Alugla was a great fullback when we were playing in the 20s. Lightning quick, smaller bloke, similar to Bowen, but probably doesn't have the, the instincts that Bowen does. But uh, that, Josh, that, that's Josh the way I, I'd be looking right now. Oh, Dugan, Dugan should be on the cheap. Jesus. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> that's gone quiet, boys. I, I, oh. I, I don't have any mail whatsoever on Dugan. I'm trying to fish around for some, but this seems no one gives a shit. No. Yeah, well, 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 to be fair, why would you? I mean, he's it, it dragged on. They just keep dragging on, so who cares now? The footy's on and the footy's good, so who cares? That's right, life goes on. Exactly. All right, last one for the uh, night, boys. I've got Sam Tompkins from the UK. Now, he's on everybody's <laughs> lips at the moment to come out here, and he said some pretty pretty radical things in the media as well about the NRL and wanting to smash the Aussies and whatnot. But look, it, the Warriors are keen to offer him a million dollars a season and what I'm hearing now. They're going to have to obviously shed some players. They're very keen to get rid of Mateo, like I said a couple of weeks ago, to Penrith. Um, but jeez, <laughs> one million a year. One million dollars. <laughs> well, I'll tell you what, I read the one today about the whole World Cup thing. I've only got one thing to say, and I know he's not going to hear me because this is, you know, on a minuscule scale. But if I could look him in the eye, I'd be... How about you shut your mouth, get on a plane, sign for, you know, seven or six or something, which is probably still paying you over, considering you've only played for Wigan, who are probably the best side in the Super League, and come prove yourself in the NRL. Stop being such a little germ on the other side <laughs> of, the, of the world. Right? He's talking all this trash. He's never played good against Australia for England. They haven't beaten us, so step up and come play in the NRL. Yeah. Stop being a jerk about it. That's get right. on a plane. Yeah. He's not a third of a player that Burgess is, or even a third of a player that Graham is. So yeah, well, he thinks he's Billy Slater. You don't, you don't think so? <laughs> no, I, I don't think so. Personally, it's just, this is a personal thing. But yeah, cool, I, I must admit, like I, I sort of watch him and. I think he's got potential. Don't get me wrong, but yeah, he's playing a super um, league where there's two or three competitive teams, and then everyone else just gets romped. Yeah, I think well, he, right. this, this, yeah. this is why I'm saying about Burgess and Graham because they've come out here, hmm. they've proven themselves. Gareth um, Ellis has yet to do that, so I can't judge him yet until he comes out here and toughens up a little bit and plays in the in the best comp in the world. Until he does that, in my eyes, he's just a silly pawn with a big mouth. Hmm. I um, if I was him, I'd be I'd be looking to go somewhere. Where there was an established and experienced coach, um, I, I think he could be set up to fail at New Zealand, especially with Elliot on on rocky ground. Uh, you don't want to go somewhere where the coach is probably in an untenable position, which Matt Elliot may 
may or may not be now that's debatable, but definitely by the end of the year, if their form continues, um, he's going to be. How are you going to learn and progress and do that under such shaky circumstances at the club? I, I'd think I'd be looking at somewhere, you know, where there's an established coach. Yeah, flip that on its head. If you're an established coach, you're not paying. A no, million, and I understand million, that. That's what I'm saying. He can't. He can't demand the money. For some goose who's never played a game. He's got to be smarter in how he's doing his dealings here. I mean, if he comes over, signs a, a two-year deal, kills it, his price is going to go through the roof. So he just needs to come over here, play good footy, stop running his mouth. He should sign. For, I said uh, to Brock today. If, to me, if he's so good, sign for one year. Yeah. Sign at yeah. a club, come here yeah. for a year. Your if you don't like it and you do your job, you'll get a million dollars on this cap. Exactly. But if you don't, well, then shut your mouth and get back on a plane and go back overseas. Yeah. If he's interested yeah. in money at his age, and I'm pretty sure he's probably younger than me, I think he's only 22. Yeah. So he's got plenty of time, so stop talking and uh, come prove a point. Yeah. yeah he, he wanted the Roosters. They approached the Roosters and they just laughed at mm. how much he was asking. Yeah. You know, he, wants, he wants the Bondi lifestyle coming yeah. out here, but... I'm glad you've said that. You make it the Auckland lifestyle. Yeah, I'm glad you've said that mainly because of a bloke like Roger Tuivasa-Sheck. As far as I'm concerned, if he's not the fullback next year, when Minicello's gone, I don't see where the Roosters' heads are at. They've made smart buys this year. I don't see why they'd put all that in jeopardy, wasting money on a a bloke like Tompkins who's unproven when you've got a great talent in in Sheck. Yep. It'd be disappointing. I agree. Mm. Alrighty then. Well, if that's everything we've got there, we'll uh, jump into our tips. I'll give you an update on the scores. Uh, Mr. Gossip. Streaking away, 41. 41. Yeah. Uh, um, Lewis, uh, Louis on 36. I made a charge this week. I, I'm back up to 35. I tipped seven out of eight this week, so um, on fire. Yeah, look I'm feeling it. confident. You should see his Barry Beef right now. He's smiling like a Cheshire <laughs> cat. <laughs> the wallet's full this week. It was, it was very empty this time last week. Yeah. I was in. I had a gambling hangover on Monday last week. Yeah. Uh, we'll, we'll jump into the fixtures for this week. Obviously, there's a double on Friday, starting off with a great game up at uh, Suncorp. The Broncos are going to play uh, South Sydney, who had an absolutely fantastic win against the Eagles. Uh, this is a no-brainer for me. South showed last week how to get the job done. Brisbane fell asleep. Uh, the only name that was on my mind after the Broncos game was Justin Hodges. So uh, with that that being said, I'm going to have to go South. Yeah, I'm, uh, I'm going to go South. Brisbane, I mean, it's up there at Suncorp, so that'll give them uh, a little bit of an advantage. But I think South have got a good record up there, so uh, South. Yeah, yeah, South for me, boys. Uh, I think they'll be too strong. Just, they impressed me last week. You know, we've heard all week in the many how good that game was. Mm. That was. It was fantastic. Mm. Oh, it was an absolute cracker. I, I enjoyed the... The Melbourne game, but then when I got home and watched that one, I was just like, wow, like, that, that is old school kind of brutality. It was fantastic. As a forward, I was ready to jump out in front of a truck or just go hit an old man or the first person I saw. It was great. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, moving on to the second Friday night game and uh, the poor old Tigers walking in wounded against the Bulldogs who were getting back Mike Tyson, the biter himself, James Graham. <laughs> uh, 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 this one for me is pretty much a no-brainer. They got a good win last week, a tough win. They get Graham back, so I, I can feel the momentum starting to come here. I'm, I'm on the dogs. Yeah, same as what Louis said. Uh, the Tigers, just they've got no players left. I read today that they're um, struggling in their second-tier cap, so um, big problems there, but none none of their own doing. They've just got players yeah, well, falling Mick, down Mick Potter and Royce Simmons put their hands up and said they'd throw in yeah. a jersey. <laughs> they may need to. Yeah, dog, Doggy should win this one, mate. <laughs> yeah, the Bulldogs will win this one. Um, yeah, they had a lucky draw. They had the Sharks last week through the whole of crap, and now they've got the Tigers through injury. So, yeah, their, their run's coming at the perfect time for them. They're very lucky. They'll, they'll get the Tigers and buy plenty. Yeah. Saturday, we've got a doubleheader starting off with the Storm down at
no Shillington, no Papali. There's a same, pretty much the same team being named with uh, Kennedy and Berrigan. So for me, pretty straightforward. Missing two big boppers. Melbourne full strength at home. Melbourne. Yeah, Melbourne. It does worry me a little bit, the hoodoo. Uh, there is a bit of a hoodoo. The Raiders just, regardless of what form either side's in, the Raiders always seem to find their uh, best footy against Melbourne. Uh, same could be said about the Warriors and uh, and, and the Storm. And, and the Storm got the job done in that game. Uh, I think the Storm will win. Yeah, I was going to mention the Hoodoo as well. The Raiders have got a, a fairly good run down there. But, yeah, um, yeah I, I don't think they'll have the firepower to get the main. Sammy Williams has been dropped as well. Mm-hmm. Campo back in for a start. So fingers crossed for him. There's no more uh, issues playing with the 80 minutes. But second Saturday game, the poor, 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 poor Parramatta Eels. They go home <laughs> and they're playing the Cowboys. And let me tell you, it's not going to be Wonderland. It's going to be very empty. Yeah. Very empty. It's going to be painland. Yeah. It's going to be. <laughs> <It's gonna> be <laughs> and I'm feeling nothing but a rodeo riding into town and putting the romp on. I'm going the Cowboys. They've uh, struggled. On the field, they look like they're struggling with how they're playing, but they've churned out a couple of big wins, even though they're not playing great football. So Yeah, I, Cowboys are one of these sides. They started off really quick against uh, the Raiders on the weekend and fell away. I reckon the Eels might play the Cowboys right back into form this weekend. I, I think the Cowboys in a big way. Yeah, I think the Cowboys will be too good. They've, they've got to, if they're serious, they've got to start winning away from home, and, and this should be an easy one for them. And the Eels are what they have dropped, Ben Roberts and, and Ben Smith, the two Bennies who have Barry Crockers against the Panthers. And um, I don't think that's going to help them, even, even with those players not there. Yeah, well, finally, some debutants. AP Pifferengi, who played for the Newcastle 20s last year, he's playing in the centres. Pritchard's younger brother, Kaiser, who's an 18-year-old hooker. He didn't look like a big bloke when I watched him play the 20s. Have so they dropped Matt Keating? No, they've oh. dropped uh, Ben Roberts for yeah, him. Man. He's playing bench hooker and Penny Terrapo, who's an absolute giant front row, is on the bench this week as well. Yeah. So three debutants all from uh, the 20 system. Hopefully they get a bit of reward there. But uh, triple header on Sunday. Absolutely love sitting down on a Sunday and doing nothing but watching the footy. Kicking off with the Warriors versus the Titans over in New Zealand across the Dutch. But uh, for me, I'd hate to say it for the Titans. There was a few injuries. I still like their forward pack, but if the Warriors who are sitting very, very lonely on one win, cannot win this week at home with Mannering back in, with Manu back in. He's dropped Lamarpe. I've got no idea how for Jerome Rowe party. Uh, if they cannot get the job done this week, as far as I'm concerned, I'd hang Matt Elliott. He'd be done for me. Oh, uh, yeah. I'm going to tip the Warriors, but this is a very Titan-like game. Like, the, whenever the Titans are written off, they always seem to, to find a little bit, a bit more, give a little bit more. I was really happy with how they dug in against the Knights. I know the Knights ended up running away with it, but they're going to have a full complement on the weekend. So um, I think this will be a lot closer than what people think. But I think, as Louis said, the Warriors should win. I don't tip the Warriors, but they're at yeah. home. Oh, they should <laughs> win, mate. They should win. Yeah, look, if the Warriors don't win this, let's put a line through them if you haven't already. If they, if they win it, they have to win it. It's, it's a must win for the Warriors. They don't win it season over. I put, like put a line through the Warriors when they lost to Para round one. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 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 Uh, they broke my heart. <laughs> I, I looked at that and thought, holy crap, Para are going to do well. And the Warriors have just you know disappointed me since. So mm. I think they're more than cooked. But the second game is the Newcastle Knights versus the Sharkies. The Knights have not lost at Hunter Stadium. So enough being said there. The Sharks are under the pump. They've got plenty of problems. So... Put me down for the Knights. Yeah, oh, again, I think this will be closer than what people think. I thought, well, obviously the Sharks, we've spoken about it. The Sharks threw away three or four tries, two that were just one pass, hit the chest, they score. So that that win, uh, sorry, the loss um, by the Sharks wasn't as bad um, as what people could make out against the Dogs. 
the Knights' win was soft as well, I think, with the Titans having no play. So I'm going to take the Knights at home, as Louis said, but um, I think it'll be tighter than what people think. Yeah, Knights have been very, very good at home uh, this year, and yeah, I think they'll be too strong. The Knights for me. Yeah, the third game, obviously the Roosters and the Panthers. This one, uh, always had good memories of this one, especially when Brad Fitley used to come back and play against the Panthers. That was their hoodoo game, but I'm feeling a completely different story. I know Penrith were good. I'm happy that both the Robinsons, Matt and Travis, got a game, and Matty Moylan was outstanding at the back, but this Roosters side, I said it at the start of the year, I know we had differing opinions, me and Brock, but I thought if they could build and get rid of the penalties, which they have, that they'd be a force, but my God, I wasn't expecting this to happen after six or seven weeks, so... Roosters for me, not not a massive blowout, but I think there's just too much quality on the park for the Roosters. Yeah, I'm going to tip the Roosters just based on what I saw on Anzac Day. Uh, I still think they're they're like Mike Tyson, the Roosters, but they could just snap at any stage and give away penalties and drop the ball. So um, I'm keen to see them play, as I said earlier, um, a top four side and, and test themselves against them. But um, I think, again, this will be close to what people think, but the Roosters should win. Yeah, the Roosters, they, they've aimed up quite well against the bigger teams but you know they lost to the Raiders so yeah. a danger game really for the Roosters exactly. uh, the Panthers beat them uh, both times they met last year so a bit of a bit of a donkey for them but look I, I think the Roosters will be too too strong and really I, I love watching the Roosters play to me they're almost the perfect football mo- model in that they're all defence orientated with just natural attackers mm-hmm. and um, yeah fantastic to watch and I, I think they'll just be too strong especially on the edges with Sonny Bill and Orbison uh, running the Panthers. I don't think they're going to know what's going to hit them. Yeah, there's definitely not a player that I can name right now that I think is playing bad for the Roosters. They're contributing all over the park. So that's a scary thought if they can maintain that for the rest of the year. But Monday night footy, last game of the round. Dragons versus the Eagles. The Eagles, obviously, this week going to be without Richie Fayoso, who's got an eight-week ban for his two spear tackles. And Matt I got one week after an early guilty plea. Mm, Matt Brett Stewart at was cleared to play. So... Few changes there. Simon slides into the centres. Jesse Senefileo gets his second game on the bench. David Gower comes back in. Uh, I think George Rose and somebody else were also named on an extended bench, but uh, even a bit short and at the Dragons' home ground, I'm going to have to go the Eagles there. They've still got quality halves, still got Jamie Lyon and a, a good forward pack. So mm, Yeah, I'm going to tip Manly. Uh, not with much confidence. Uh, no, neither. The Dragons got touched up on Anzac Day, so they'll be looking to come out. Uh, they won three in a row previous to that, so uh, they've got form on the board. Uh, it'll just be whether they can match that physicality of, of Manly in the middle. Uh, I don't think they, they'll be able to handle that, so yeah, Manly. Right, this is my upset of the round. I'm going to pick the Dragons. Well, I knew you were going to pick the Dragons. I just had this feeling. Yeah. <laughs> I just think Manai is a big loss for him. Richard Fioso is not much of a loss. He's got the IQ of a cabbage up like Fenningham. <laughs> but, um, you know, look, I, I just think the Dragons will be too strong. They're good at home, the Dragons. And um, the Monday Night Curse Boys, quite often we see a, you know, yeah. the Ruffy come up on a Monday night. And like you said, it's going to have to be a physical contest. But the Dragons, they've got some big boppers up the front there. And Marin's playing really well. So, you know, the, the Dragons are going to. Oh, it wouldn't shock me. No, it def- wouldn't definitely wouldn't shock, man. They seem to be one of those sides. I don't know what it is about them on Monday nights. I think they've got a really good record on a Monday night. So, uh, Jamie Sout as well. He's come out this week. He's pretty irate. So, hopefully, he has a bit of a decent run on Monday. He's got a chip on his shoulder about nothing, that fight. Good. <laughs> yeah, thinking. <laughs> I, call it, I call it headgear. Headgear syndrome. Anyone that wears a headgear, they're always pissed off. <laughs> Just don't wear one. Everyone hates a bloke wearing a headgear. <laughs> 
I saw him he, he, when he was at the Anzac Test and he come running out in that second half. He, he sort of ran to his position and the Roosters fans had given it to him and he was giving it back to them and with his big lips puffing about, looking like Laurie Daly in commentary box. Well, let's just put it this way. Laurie Daly will not be picking Jamie Soward for his origin team. <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh, Captain Obvious. Oh, yeah. Mate, fantastic. All right, well, we've got our tips there. I think the only game we didn't tip all the same was the Dragons yeah. game. So yeah. we're either going to gain one point on you or you're going to skip away another yeah, one. Yeah, he's gone. <laughs> he's, he's feeling the pressure. He's feeling the uh, pressure. Yeah, we'll have to drag that one out. <laughs> once again, mate, thanks a lot for uh, all the inside info. Keep your ear to the ground, and we'll uh, talk to you next week. Fantastic. Thanks, lads. All right, no mate. Have a good one. As always, a big thanks to Mr. Gossip, and you can get him on Facebook. If you go up to the search bar and type in NRL Gossip, you can also find his link on our page. He's all over it. And on Twitter, it's at NRL Gossip. So now we will finish up with doing the fan forum and answering some of the questions you put up on the Facebook page. For all the latest rugby league gear, head into Leagues and Legends, now based at Shell Harbour, Mount Druitt Westfield and Campbelltown Mall Store, or check them out online at www.nrlstore.com.au. For fifth and last listeners, you can receive free delivery on any 2013 adult NRL jersey. Be quick, jersey selling fast. Remember, www.nrlstore.com.au. Leagues and legends. Alrighty, getting back into the fan forum, something we started to do last week where you chuck some questions up on the Facebook page and we shoot through them, give our answers and our thoughts on them, and uh, you obviously can post on the page afterwards whether you agree or disagree. A bit of ban is always good. Alrighty, this week, first question we had was from uh, Big Dave Carlay out there wondering why Benny Roberts is still in first grade. Well, Ricky Stewart was obviously reading the Facebook page because he's no longer in first grade. Yeah, don't need to pay too much attention to that one. I think that one's not rocket science. The the bloke's been underperforming. He gave him a chance to slot in as a bench hooker and be the backup there with Nathan Smith with a broken jaw. But uh, Pritchard's younger brother, Frank Pritchard's younger brother, Kaiser, he's going to play this weekend. He's only 18 years old. So he's definitely lost faith in Ben Roberts, and uh, rightfully so. He's definitely not playing good footy. It's fairly simple. He can't pass and he can't tackle, so he can't play first grade. And last weekend when they had a three-try lead, he came on and I said, ha yeah. Ben Roberts is on. And then I just laughed and thought, they won't lose, and they did. Because, yeah, so... Yeah. Not a great sub, not the greatest substitution in the world either. It, it's like how they said Darren Lockyer had an aura, and when he was around, even if he played bad, you played good. I think Ben Roberts just carries that kind of uh, feng shui about him. He comes on and things just hit the fan. All right, we had a question from Timmy Batt and uh, Benny McDermott regarding should video refs be able to go back and rule on forward passes? Well, it's always kind of confused me. I know a lot of people have said you can't look at forward pass, but I say why not? Yeah. It, it, it's still an error. Like It's one thing to go, okay, that was a massive forward pass, but the grounding's okay. They should be able to look at everything if you're going to go to the replay. Yeah, I, t- I tend to agree with As you. long as they don't slow it down. Um, I just I got the feeling that when the rule used to exist, they used to overanalyze them. Mm. Um, it should just be for that one that is a blatant forward yeah. pass. I, can't, I don't understand why the referees just don't have an unwritten rule that if they do go to video... Well, um, you find one. Yeah, or, or if or if a tries even if a try has been awarded, um, and they go back and there's a one that's a meter forward, like they should just be able to pull it up mm. and just say, look, it's gone a meter forward. Everyone's seen it. Um, 
you know, fair's fair. Well, I don't think it's rocket science. As long as they don't overanalyze it and slow down any... Like, they've been yeah. pretty quick this year. There's been... There was one or two on the weekend I thought were pretty slow, but yeah. well, I think it, it's something that if it's there, it's there, it, you know? You call a square a square, a circle's a circle, yeah. and a triangle doesn't fit through either of them. It goes through a triangle, so... If there's forward passes, they should be able to rule it. Alrighty, Dean Sadler, he's asked, why is Clint Newton getting a start over Anthony Cherrington? Um... Surely it's not match fitness. I watch him play Saturday night at Windsor. He had blinder, solid in D, and runs hard, makes metres. Yeah, um, well, Anthony Cherrington. Fairly simple, yeah. Yeah, from what I've seen, the same deal. Dean, I've uh, watched him play the game the other week where they did lose to Newcastle, but he's got great feet. He's a big man. He's got an offload. Uh, Clint Newton, I don't know whether it's an experience thing or just, you know, he's not trying to rush Cherrington back in, but Cherrington's been playing for six or seven weeks now, so I don't think it's got anything to do with former injuries I, 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 don't, I couldn't understand it myself I'd rather have a big mobile bloke on the bench instead of somebody who's a bit past it in Clinton yeah I agree with everything you've said uh, I'm not sure of the reasons why obviously Penrith will probably have their reasons it'll just be interest, interesting to see whether he comes in in the next couple of weeks I noticed that uh, obviously, Clint Newton moved from the starting side to the bench this mm. week, well, so maybe he will move. We've back. seen Mossy and Travis and yeah. Moylan and Matt Robinson, so they're all blokes. And they've all played I, well. Yeah, they're, they're all, all blokes well. I thought they would have used going forward, yeah. future-wise. So I see Cherrington in that same picture, at least off the bench, surely. All righty, Marky Genders. Uh, why should we have to watch delayed games on Channel 9 of a Friday night just so Queensland can watch the bloody Broncos? Well, this is just part of the TV deal. I don't even argue about these things anymore. Yeah. It's... Uh, just one of those captain obvious things, unfortunately. They sign the deal. It's uh, structured around the money, and that's just how it works. The well, money, I think the deal is is that they have to have a Queensland-New South Wales game, mm. don't they? Or a Melbourne game yeah. with a Queensland team. So, Pretty much. Uh, the Broncos love it. And obviously, yeah. the Broncos are partly owned by News Limited, obviously, so they're going to look after their own. Uh, mate, and, and I'll totally agree with you, Mark, being a Titans fan, like I have to wait until 9.30 when they're playing on a Friday night, and then they stick an ad in every 15 minutes. It just... Mm. Well, Ruined your night, and by 11 o'clock on a Friday after I've had dinner and a, and a couple of beers, I'm usually asleep by the end of the game, mm-hmm. unless it's a, a tight one, you know? Well, it's just, like I said, at the end of the day, none of us can win. It's it's all about the TV deal, pretty much, so yeah. it's just something we all have to live with. Well, that's like the 4 o'clock Sunday game. We I struggle to too. watch that. We sort of, we're recorded on IQ. Um, we'll start watching the 2 o'clock game at 3 o'clock and, and fast-forward our way through, so we don't have to watch any ads. We still finish at the same time, but um, just don't get any ads in it. It's just a battle to not hear the scores for any mm, but that's, that's something we've learnt to uh, live with and learnt to uh, to do. Last question for this week. Uh, why has Penrith had most of their home games on a Sunday Arvo when a lot of the local rugby league fans are tied up watching junior league club games? Um, that's from Mark Waldman. Well, this is just the same deal again. They've yeah. had the draw. They look at the teams that draw the big crowds. They allocate the games. Uh, most of the early Foxtel games or the Sunday Fox games are ones that are dished out to your less popular teams and you find that your prime time spot like Friday night football, Sunday afternoon football, the, these kind of games and the 7.30 on Saturday are usually the, the better rated ones. But uh, yeah. your Canberra's, your Penrith's, these kind of sides, they usually don't end up getting the convenient playing times or days. Yeah, Mark, like, he goes on to say, I know it was a local derby, but after last night, surely night games are a better option. Well, not only the crowd last night. I mean, the crowd last night at Penrith was sensational. They packed the joint out. I think a lot of that had to do with it being a local derby, Eels fans travel. There's a lot of Eels fans in Penrith anyway. But I think just the basis of that point, to start the year, those Sunday afternoon games at Penrith, uh, the three that they had, Canberra, South and the Titans, they were all scorchers. They were all plus 30, 35 degree days, humid. I mean, it's ridiculous to um, have our players running around in that sort of heat when we could just push it back to 
um, have it have it as a night game. So I, I do know the NRL are looking in that, at that for next year to restructure the TV deal to have the majority of them night games um, or late afternoon. So uh, it's definitely something they're looking at. All right, well, that's everything this week for the Fan Forum. Uh, probably chuck the feelers out a little bit earlier next week and try and get your thoughts on that. But uh, big thanks again. Lots of great feedback last week. Same deal. If you disagree or agree with the thoughts, we're always keen for a bit of feedback and a bit of banner. So jump on the page, throw up some suggestions, and uh, if you agree or disagree, feel free to put it up on the page. But uh, that's it for this week, so we'll head into the wrap-up now. Well, that's all we have time for this week. Uh, in the coming weeks, we're going to have a few guests. Obviously, MG will be popping back up and spending a bit of time with us, having a chat about what's been going on. We're going to have Gus Walland also from the Triple M Grill team. He's an avid Roosters fan and a lover of the game. He'll be on at some point and uh, many other guests to come. So a bit of variety coming your way. But as always, this is going to be up Wednesday on iTunes and Podomatic. So get your hands on it, share it with your friends and like it. If you want to get into contact with us, you know where to find us on Facebook. Obviously, head up to the search bar, type in fifth and last. Uh, anyone who's already on the page, you know to find your way there. On Twitter is at fifth and last. It's the letter N in the middle, not the word and. And if you want to send us an email, it's fifth and last podcast at hotmail.com. So that's it for this week. Get onto the podcast, share us with your friends, and get onto the page. Ask us some questions, throw anything up. We'll be happy to reply. But Once again, signing off, and have a great week. Love your football, guys. Bring it on. Give us more. Give us more. Where are you going? What's going on here? Is that it? Is that it? Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.